start with the word of prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're thankful as always for the occasion together. Uh, look at the scriptures, uh, learn of thy majesty and thy grace and the revelation of thyself in scripture. Pray thy blessings to be upon us, uh, that we might uh, prosper in our faith and uh, be enabled to uh, uh, trust and wait upon the Lord uh, for the great salvation yet to be revealed. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, so um, last week uh, I didn't really have time to discuss something that really is kind of, well, not really kind of, but is, is important. Um, when we were talking about the attribute of the sovereignty of God, uh, you know, essentially um, related to the supremacy of God, that God is king over everything, that he accomplishes his will directly or indirectly. We need to keep the word indirectly in mind. Um, and um, it, 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 it is, can be a threat to the faith from the standpoint that you say to yourself, well, God is sovereign, so I don't, I don't need to pray. I don't need to witness. If God wants to do something, he'll do it. Um, there is a, uh, in, in the history of the church, there's a name for that called hyper-Calvinism. Uh, you don't see it a whole lot today, but for example, in the 19th century in England, Charles Spurgeon uh, saw it a great deal and, and preached against it. Um, and, and if you think about it, it's really, it's really part of our depravity. You know, I mean, you know, who wants to take the time to pray? You know, why pray? God will figure it out. He knows what he's doing. You know, so we, we, we can get real lazy. Um, uh, and uh, just a reminder that this theology is really uh, uh, important, I think, to drive us closer to the Lord, to give us a foundation for obedience in light of who he is, I mean, if he is indeed supreme, if he is indeed sovereign, then, you know, we should, we should obey him. Uh, and the scriptures everywhere remind us that we have duty. Also reminds us that grace enables us to meet those duties, because without grace, we couldn't do anything. Um, and, and God will hold us responsible. So, uh, you know, we looked at that in Romans chapter nine last, uh, last week. Um, yeah, why should I do these things? Or who resists his will? So it's, it's important to, to remember not to let these doctrines uh, um, um, lead you in the wrong way, particularly hyper-Calvinism. Uh, we do have duty. We do have responsibility. The other thing that's critical uh, to understand in all of these doctrines is uh, God obviously can intervene directly anytime he wills to do so. In my life, more often than not, he has intervened through means. Someone preached the gospel to me. Okay? Uh, someone was praying for me. Okay? And that's, uh, uh, prayer is a means to accomplish the will of God. Uh, doesn't change God. More often than not, it changes us. 
because it aligns us closer to his will as we pray thy will be done but but god uses means um, um one of the i think greatest illustration of that is in the church today it, it i have this sneaking suspicion i hope i'm wrong is that evangelism's in decline you know I mean, you were intimidated well i don't want people to laugh at me i, I don't want to be the butt of jokes or whatever the case may be uh so we have to stand firm and be courageous and proclaim the gospel. Why? Because God uses means. If we don't do it, he'll raise up someone else. Uh, you know, God could, you know, Jesus tells people God could, God could use the rocks if he wanted to, but he doesn't. He doesn't use rocks. He doesn't use trees. He uses us to proclaim the gospel. Um, trees proclaim that there's a creator and the creator's going to judge us. Uh, but... Um, only God's revelation of himself in Scripture is directly related to the gospel. So be involved in those things. You know, be involved in praying for your children uh, or your sons and daughters uh, or whatever the case might be, nieces and nephews. Establish relationships with them, okay? Because, I mean, that's the essence of life, okay? Establishing relationships with people. And uh, that is, I think, uh, a, a powerful way to witness. Um, uh, you have particular special relationships with your sons and daughters, or again, maybe a neighbor that you're close friends with, or you know, someone you know. But um, um, it's in those relationships that we gain credibility, that people will say, you know, well, I've never heard, heard that. I've never thought about that. So... Use your relationships uh, as a prelude to sharing the gospel. Uh, uh, be mighty in prayer. So, uh, uh, yes, God is going to save all his elect. Uh, but it's a reminder that he uses means and he uses the church. Okay? So don't, you know, don't, don't fall prey to hyper-Calvinism. I mean, we, I mean, as a small church, for example, uh, we raise, I think, an incredible amount of money for the Congo and for uh, training people in uh, the nation of Uganda. Um, why do we do that? Because God uses means. You know? So it takes means, takes finances to support people to go to those places, to train them, to establish institutions. So... Um, is God sovereign? Well, absolutely. Is he going to save all the elect in the Congo? Well, absolutely. But uh, you know, he uses means to do it. So, uh, j Just a reminder, uh, our hearts sometimes can get uh, lazy and forgetful. And uh, uh, truly, my point is, if you understand sovereignty and supremacy, it should drive us all the closer and, and, and all the more to, to want to please God. Okay. Uh, any, any questions on those, those important issues? Okay. Okay, well, let's look at the, the three attributes um, before us this morning. Um, uh, I believe power, faithfulness, and goodness. I think that's the three we're on. Um, so the power of God, um, the, uh, the theological term that's most often used is he is uh, omnipotent. 
the compound word omni, potent. Okay. And uh, if you understand that that attribute applies really only to God, uh, we have a measure of, of, of strength to do things, but only God has all strength to do whatever He wants to do. He, he has the ability, if He's omnipotent, He has the ability to do anything and everything He wants to do. Or not do. Okay? Um, um, and it's, it's, uh, application for me is it helps us walk by faith. So let's look at some texts. Um, turning to Psalm 33, 33.9. Um, oftentimes, the attribute of uh, God's power and omnipotence is illustrated in the scripture by the doctrine of creation. Okay, so Psalm 33, 9. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. That in and of itself is telling you that God is omnipotent. Okay. Um, I can speak things. It's very rare that they're going to happen. Okay. Uh, all God has to do is speak. Uh, technical term is a Latin phrase, ex nihilo, out of nothing. If you think of the Genesis account, there's no light. God commands there to be light. Okay. Uh, now, he doesn't have to call an electrician, does he? He doesn't have to call a lighting specialist. He just speaks. Okay. And there's sun and the moon. So... Um, um, he, he commands and it stands fast. So, good good reminder. Um, let's look at uh, Mark chapter uh, 14. Uh, Mark 14, 62. And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power coming with the clouds of heaven. So, allusion to, uh, to Daniel 7. The Son of Man approaches the Ancient of Days and all dominion, power, and authority is given to Him in light of uh, who He is and what, what He's done. So, um, um, if He can conquer death, then obviously as all it's all power. So pink, if memory serves me, defines the power of God as uh, in this way, God has the full capacity to execute His will without any limiting factors to hinder that capacity. Therefore, He is omnipotent. Um, Uh, the, the, the reverse of that is he who cannot do what he wills, who cannot perform all his pleasure, cannot be God. So a reminder there of really the just incredible awesomeness of the God that we serve. Okay, And one of the reasons we should go to him in prayer, because he has the ability. Uh, 
you know, some of you may have adult children that don't know the Lord, that have rejected the Lord for whatever reason. You know, um, uh, well, we can go to God, say, God, you're able. Pray that you would. Um, pray that you would will uh, my loved ones to come to faith. And uh, think of his omnipotence in terms of his ability uh, to open a closed heart. You know, that, that's really powerful. Um, so, um, it's also, I think, helpful to keep in mind that for the most part, the evangelical church use, uh, would, would confess that they believe that God is sovereign and God is omnipotent, uh, but they really put a lot of limiting factors. Okay, uh, God is omnipotent, but I have to let Him. <laughs> well, I, you know, if God needs me to let Him, He's not God. Okay. Uh, he, he's, he's independent in the use of his power. Um, he doesn't have to read, for example, uh, federal regulations to determine what he can and cannot do in America. You know, he's above it. <laughs> okay. So um, it should engender within us a sense of worship and hope and trust. Um, so um, it's just inherent. It's an inherent attribute by virtue of who God is. And, and, and God doesn't acquire it or gain it or derive it from anyone. Okay? He doesn't have to go to the gym uh, you know, to develop his muscles. It, it just All he needs to do is speak. So um, it's a good, good reminder. Um, it, it's his ability, for example, to preserve the church uh, in the dangerous age in which we live. So, I thank God for that. Okay. Any questions on God's power? Okay. Uh, faithfulness of God. Now, all these, all these, uh, you know, should warm our warm our hearts. Um, God is God is faithful. Pink says. Uh, God is true to Himself. His Word, His Son, uh, and His own. Uh, he's, he's faithful uh, to secure His honor and glory. He's faithful to secure the veracity of His Word, that His Word is true. Uh, he's faithful to vindicate His Son. Uh, and He's faithful to preserve and to glorify His church. Okay? Um, uh, perhaps a more applicable de definition is God is always and totally dependable. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you think of that, uh, there, there's an inherent tension with all these attributes. Um, uh, that's you know that's the challenge of challenge of faith to wait upon the Lord. Um, Let's look at uh, let's look at some uh, some texts. Um, if you turn to uh, Lamentations, uh, chapter three, 
So think, think very, uh, very quickly about the context of the book of Lamentations. Uh, it's a lament. Jeremiah is lamenting. What's he lamenting? Destruction of his beloved city. Okay. So he's, uh, you think, well, um, well, that's a, uh, ought to cause someone to question God's faithfulness. No, I mean, it was destroyed because they were committing idolatry. God had told them, you commit idolatry, I'm going to clean the land take you out of it so I can cleanse it. So that's, that's what he does. So but let's, let's read um, uh, 22 uh, uh, down through 25. The Lord's loving kindness um, indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, uh, to the person who seeks him. So, uh, Jeremiah is saying, God is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. Um, turn in the New Testament, and again, hundreds and hundreds, not thousands of verses that document all these. We're just looking at a few. First um, Corinthians uh, chapter chapter one verse nine. God is faithful through whom you were called and developed you with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay? So, in eternity past, He elects you. Uh, in time, He begins to woo you, and He's faithful to secure uh, everything that He says He's going to do in His decrees. So, God's faithfulness. One of my favorite is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. Okay, so God is faithful. Um, um, he's he's going to provide a way of escape. Okay. Um, so, should be a comforting thought. We all, all of us at different times in our lives get caught in circumstances and perhaps get discouraged. Uh, you know, just part of natural human emotions. But we need to remember that God is faithful. If we're His children uh, through Jesus Christ, then He's going to be faithful to us. Uh, he's not going to leave us. Um, Always get tickled, um, you know. When I was in the army, there was, and, and you see this, um, you know, whether it be movies or whatever. And I'm sure the all the services, you know, have this motto: "We don't, we don't leave anyone behind." Uh, well, it's a great motto, but we leave a lot of people behind. We certainly did in Afghanistan, for example. Um, and 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 it is true that the military expends uh, incredible sums of money to rescue. Uh, people, um, 
down pilots, et cetera, et cetera. But um, as good as uh, good as they are, uh, people are left behind. God doesn't leave any of His sons behind. He's going to rescue them all. Okay, none will be lost. Absolutely none, because God is faithful. He's going to be faithful to secure everyone that He sent His Son to die for, and He dispatches the Spirit to make it so. So, so God is faithful. And in all the discouraging times in your life, you remember that. God is faithful. Okay. Uh, faithfulness and God go together. Okay. So, I, I, I trust that's, uh, that's an encouragement to you. Turn to 1 Thessalonians. Um, chapter 5. Okay, if, if you look at the immediate context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, um, I mean, look for example, verse 15. See that no one repays another with evil for evil. Verse 16, rejoice always. 17, pray without ceasing. 18, in everything give thanks. Uh, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterance. Examine everything. Uh, carefully abstain from every form of evil. Okay, uh, so uh, number of duties there, right? Um, some of those are, um, uh, you know, really challenge to us. Right? Wow, how can I, how can I be faithful in all of these things? Uh, well, let's, let's look at Paul's prayer. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, he will bring it to pass. Okay? So in all these things, God is going to be faithful to work these things out in your life. Uh, not perfectly. Okay? That awaits our final redemption. Uh, but he's going to be faithful to work these things in our lives. Faithful is he who calls you, he will bring it to pass. I, I happen to love that text, okay? Because I know inherently, because I am, uh, well, I'm not totally depraved uh, because I've been redeemed. I Sin still lives within me and uh, still struggle with it. So I'm just glad that God is faithful and He's going he's gonna to work His will in, in, in my life, okay? Uh, if you think about it, particularly our culture, uh, which seems to lurch all the more into darkness and depravity, uh, there's just incredible evidence that the vast majority of people just live uh, lives that are adrift without any sense of hope. Uh, I mean, think, for example, the drug ep epidemic. I mean, I I'm just amazed. I never cease to be amazed at, at people that would you know, turn to things that would work their own destruction. Uh, why are they doing it? Because they don't have any hope. They don't have any real meaning or purpose. Okay? We do. <laughs> because, uh, because of God. Because He's going to be faithful to us. Okay? Uh, we live in an age of incredible, uh, you know, perfidy and lies and corruption. 
Yeah, God doesn't lie to us. Uh, uh, he's not going to corrupt us. He's going to sanctify us. So, um, um, you know, we you know we can truly have a sense of hope uh, because of who God is. Uh, so faithful is is He who calls you. He will He will bring it to pass, and 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 uh, and we can wait upon Him. Okay. Um, any questions on uh, God's God's faithfulness? Uh, all these attributes, of course, uh, some of them we partake in a measure of them, uh, uh, but never completely and perfectly like God does. We should be faithful. Uh, if we sign a contract and put our name to it, uh, you know, we should be faithful. We should be faithful to our sons and daughters. We should be faithful. Um, in sharing the gospel, okay? God is faithful to us. You know, we, we should be faithful. Okay. Goodness of God. Okay. Um, so, Peak says that the goodness of God is that perfection whereby God is in Himself the sum of all goodness and secondarily but beneficial to his creatures. Okay. Um, the basis of his dealing with us is that he is good. Okay. God is God is good to his sons, daughters. Um, uh, we don't, you know, for example, the great parable, uh, we don't ask for bread and he gives us a snake. So you know, God's, God's kind and gracious to us. Okay. Uh, let's turn to uh, Psalm 145. Uh, verses 8, 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and His mercies are over all His works. Okay? He's good to all. Um, There is, I mean, uh, there is a tension there, is there not? Anybody want to point out what the tension is? I'm sorry. To all men, yeah. Is he, yeah. Um, uh, we can we can certainly say that he is good to. Um, his elect uh, to bring them to faith. Um, uh, but he's good to uh, he's good to everyone in the everyone in the creation. Uh, uh, the, the, the tension in my mind is resolved in a distinction. Uh, to, to me, is a very important distinction between God's efficacious grace. Uh, uh, and his his common grace. 
Well, it's kind of, let's think through those two, two terms, efficacious grace. When we say grace is efficacious, um, the defining uh, point there is efficacious. It's effective. Uh, it's grace that can accomplish what it wills to accomplish um, because of the power of God. Uh, uh, it's another illustration to all cases to bring to bear all the attributes at one point. Uh, why is grace efficacious? Because God is omnipotent. Uh, he can accomplish what he wills to accomplish. Uh, so in that sense, it's effective. Uh, particular application, um, obviously to the elect, uh, because of the fall, we're born dead in sin. God begins to woo us over time and in degree. Um, he raises up men and women to preach the gospel to us. Uh, maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a friend. I don't know. Maybe it's a billboard. Maybe it's a radio program. I, mean, I don't know. I just know that God, more often than not, uses means. And uh, uh, he begins to set in motion to woo our hearts to come to him and to make us willing. Okay. Uh, in that sense, he doesn't violate our will, but he makes our will willing. Um, his, his power woos us in such a sense that we say something to the effect that I need to come to Christ. Uh, I need the forgiveness of sin and guilt. I need purpose and meaning or whatever the case you know, might be. Um, um, you know, for the religious person, uh, Isaiah 64.6, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Think about that. That's a great verse to use on a person that says, you know, I'm really pretty good. God's going to put me on the scale and I'm, I'm going to come out okay. And, uh, uh, and by the way, I can pay him off. Uh, I can write a check to, you know, whatever. You know. Um, um, so that uh, my good outweighs my bad. So what's, what's the prophet Isaiah saying there? All our righteousness Everything that we deem to be righteous are uh, rubbish and filthy to God. Okay. Why? Because they're imperfect. God is perfect. He only takes perfection. Um, uh, you know, He's not like a lot of professors or teachers that many of us have had in life. He doesn't grade on the curve. Okay. Think about that. Uh, people, people have this conception of God. It's one of the reasons, if you understand the attributes, it's a great, I think, uh, way to approach people uh, to think about the gospel. Um, um, a lot of people have this conception that God, uh, God's going to grade on the curve. I'm a pretty good person. Uh, I'm not a cocaine dealer. I'm not a child tra trafficker. I'm 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 really better than them, and you know, so so God will take me. No, um, there is no curve. Uh, God had to send His Son, who who is perfection, who is uh, uh, the perfection of obedience. He obeyed all of the law of God in perfection. Okay, I mean, you see the fact in Him that there is no curve. 
uh, there was no other way to save other, other than sending uh, the perfection of the Son of God uh, to render a sacrifice of infinite value. Okay. So, um, think, you know, if you, uh, if you develop relationships with people, as I know you do, some of them are going to be lost. At least I hope, you know, you encounter lost people. Uh, um, develop relationships to share the gospel and think of the attributes uh, as a way, perhaps, to, uh, to share the gospel. Um, Luke 11.13, I'm going to come back to this tension. Uh, Luke 11.13. If then you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Okay, so um, so uh, God is good, gives us His Spirit. Okay, uh, the tension between efficacious grace and, and common grace—if uh, you think about common grace—it's it's God's goodness is is upon all of His creatures uh, in a common way, uh, in the sense that uh, God created the sun, for example, that is really the the essence of life. Without the sun, we couldn't sustain life. I'm talking about the physical sun, okay? Uh, the hot Oklahoma sun, okay? Uh, we need light from the sun to generate all kinds of activities so that we can plant crops and the crops will grow, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then God sends rain, okay? So that we can have food. We can go to the you know, the store and buy ghee dunks. Um, uh, there's a measure of the goodness of God in that. But even that, there's a tension, isn't there? Uh, uh, you know, think about the fact wherever you were born. Let's say you were born in Oklahoma City. Uh, would you trade places with someone born in Calcutta, India? Yeah, probably not. That's, you know... Um, Think of the goodness uh, of being born in a constitutional republic uh, versus, say, the caste system of India and being a member of the lowest class. Okay. Um, as you know, uh, part of our ministry in Africa and the Congo is to a gentleman who's a graduate of African Bible University uh, and then in the uh, forests of the Congo, that's where the pygmies live. Okay. And they, they are a people that are virtually outcasts. Okay, They're, they're looked down upon. Um, um, despised, rejected. Um, um, you know, so, you know, think of how God has blessed you. You know, uh, Occasionally we say, woe and me, but think about that. You could have been born in that tribe. You could have been born lowest caste in the nation of India. So God is good, but there is a tension to it. Uh, some people experience that goodness better than others. 
Um, so common grace, uh, uh, scriptures say it you know, rains upon the just and unjust. Okay. Even the worst of people experience uh, uh, rain that is essential to crops, agriculture, uh, which is you know, that from which we get um, uh, our you know, food supply. So it does. It, you know, it rains upon the drug dealer just as it rains upon you. Okay. So, so God is good, uh, but I wouldn't trade places. Um, so efficacious grace and common grace. Okay. Both of those in your life, if you ponder them in your life, should drive you with greater affection to God. Okay. Why is that? Because you deserved really none of it. You know, does anybody want to go say, "Well, God, I deserve, I deserve this." You know, um, I deserve, I deserved, Lord, that I was born in Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, if you've ever had uh, occasion in your life um, to uh, uh, to travel in. Uh, very, very poor places of the earth. It's a, it's a very humbling thing. I remember as a little boy, uh, you know, very quickly, I don't want to bore you to death with uh, issues of my own personal life, but uh, I was born in Venezuela uh, in an oil camp. Um, and occasionally the, uh, uh, the men from Oklahoma and Texas would go on these massive, I call them massive, you know, fishing expeditions. Uh, into the jungle because Oklahomans and Texans like to fish and they had uh, uh, just incredible fishing. And uh, we would go through villages with literally mud, houses made from mud and Pepsi signs that they'd stolen to build their homes. And um, um, I remember one day Driving, I had this hat on as a little boy. So I'm a little boy, and I'm riding in a uh, in a pickup uh, with an older gentleman. I stick my in the windows down, stick my head out of the window uh, because I was uh, foolish. Uh, the onrushing wind blows my hat off. Okay, uh, we just passed through this village, and a little boy picked up my hat. Well, the driver stops and starts backing up. And when he gets to the little boy, he stops, and I bend down, and the little boy gives me a hat. I will never forget that scene in my life. You can never fully appreciate poverty until you've been to places like that. Uh, generally, the children had distended bellies because of malnutrition. I mean, that just was the way that it was. So, I mean, so they just lived in incredible poverty. And here was this little boy. I, I, I've often thought, what was he thinking? Now, so God was certainly good to me. And it should drive us to praise God, to worship Him, to desire to serve Him, because I didn't deserve it. Truth be known, I deserved less than what that little boy had. Okay. Um, so be very careful of pride. Uh, be very careful of getting full of yourself. Okay. Um, 
Focus upon rather your pride in God that he was gracious and merciful to you. Okay. Um, and uh, we talk a lot about poverty in America. Let me tell you, if you have ever traveled uh, in the backwaters of a country like Venezuela, you have no sense what poverty and hunger is. Uh, so uh, I don't... I. I know everyone in this room, some better than others, uh, but I know one fact that's true of all your lives, God has blessed you. So uh, have a heart full of thanksgiving and joy. And uh, may all of these attributes drive you to worship and serve Him uh, because we deserve absolutely none of them. Um, what, we, what we really deserve is, uh, is uh, you know, death and hell. Uh, but God saved us in His efficacious grace, and He certainly in His common grace has, uh, has profoundly blessed us. Okay? And uh, be careful, by the way, of taking any of those things for granted. Okay? Um, uh, certainly in our case, God, God doesn't owe us anything. So, um, any, any questions? So that brings us to uh, the next three attributes. Um, patience, grace, and mercy. Okay. Patience, grace, and mercy. Okay. So, um, This book, by the way, I think I've told some of you all this, was, was really foundational in my own life. Uh, to bringing me to the Reformed faith. Because okay. when I was reading through this, at one point, it's like a light went off in my, my uh, closed brain full of darkness that said, you know, it has to be this way for God to be God. So, and uh, the joy of that is, uh, is through Jesus Christ to be uh, a son of God. Okay, so we're moving rapidly. Uh, a couple more times we'll be finished with pink, and uh, then we'll, we'll study uh, Murray uh, about our redemption. Uh, okay, well, let's close in a, in a word of prayer. Uh, our Father, we uh, are thankful for the greatness of our God, uh, full of uh, majesty, resplendent in glory, worthy of worship and adoration, and uh, pray that uh, this very, very uh, skimpy study of the character and majesty of God, uh, that even in and of itself, uh, we would be driven to worship and to serve. Uh, that we would not take for granted. We would truly be thankful. That we would approach every meal that we have with uh, thankful hearts. And, um, and the joy and the privileges that Thou hast given us, particularly uh, to know the Son. Uh, whom to know is to know the fa Father and to be forgiven for all time. Uh, so uh, may these engender within us uh, true faith and worship. And help us, Lord, as we encounter tensions in life, uh, that difficult uh, challenges oftentimes 
uh, come into our lives, uh, to wait expectantly and to look to the Lord and to walk by faith and not by sight uh, because of uh, the majesty of our God uh, and His power and His ability to affect it and His goodness to us uh, because we are His sons through Christ. It's in His name we pray. Amen.